Hello, my name is Claire Heffron and welcome to the Geneva Centre for Security Policy podcast on the latest issues advancing peace, security and international cooperation. As deaths from terrorism have halved in the last four years, the number of countries affected is still growing. In this episode, we spoke to the Director of Operations for Europe and the MENA region at the Institute for Economics and Peace, who are the producers of the 2019 Global Terrorism Index. And we met the creators of a life-saving mobile app on D-Mining that won this year's GCSP Prize for Innovation in Global Security. Every year at the GCSP, we host the Geneva launch of the Global Terrorism Index. This year, Dr. Christina Skori-Liang, Head of Terrorism and PVE at the GCSP, interviewed Serge Strubance to discuss this year's findings from the Institute of Economics and Peace. For the first time since 2003, Iraq is not at the top of the list. It's number two. This year, it's Afghanistan, making the Taliban specifically the deadliest terrorist group in the world, accounting for 31% of deaths by terrorism in that country. Can you please share some of the factors that contribute to their ranking? Well, we clearly see those figures for Afghanistan. Uh, Almost one out of two persons killed by terrorism fell in Afghanistan by two groups. The Taliban, 30% of uh, global uh, casualties, and also by the Khorasan chapter of Islamic State, that completes this to almost 50% of all casualties falling all over the world. Uh, I think it's destabilization in this country, that's what they are aiming for. They want to destabilize and undermine the, the government that is in place. We have seen elections in the past year that has, of course, driven their ambition to, uh, to influence. But it's, clearly, uh, it's clear that all the factors that can lead to terrorism are still present in Afghanistan. Afghanistan is also at the lowest level on the Global Peace Index and also on a positive peace index. So we clearly see low levels of peacefulness, but also low investment in the creation of a more stable and peaceful society. So I guess all those factors are leading to more violence in this country. It's just a potential that is present and a window of opportunity to use it. Another part of the report that I found interesting was around the rise of far-right extremism. My understanding from the report, this type of violence has been increasing across Europe, parts of Oceania, and in North America for quite some time. Can you discuss some of the factors that account for this rise? In North America in particular, does this rise in far-right extremism take into account growing number of mass shootings and gun violence related to supremacists in the United States, for example? So we saw that 19 countries have been in impacted by far-right terrorism. Over the past four years, we saw an increase of 320% in the figures of casualties and and the number of attacks also. So there is a clear revolution there. And even if the figures uh, of the amount of people who got killed and the the figures of the amount of uh, attacks are still low compared to other forms of terrorism, I think this steep evolution is something we we need to follow. What we have also seen over the past over the past years is that more and more mass shooting are now considered being terrorist attacks. Uh, we clearly see an increase in politically motivated types of uh, violence, politically, politically motivated types of uh, terrorism. So this is really disturbing. We see a clear evolution of this type of, of violence and we need to keep a close eye on this. You mentioned in your presentation that far-right extremism is driven by narrative. Can you explain how this differs from political terrorism? 
Well, far-right terrorism is a form of political, political uh, terrorism or political activism, and it can be compared to far-left terrorism. The only difference that we saw between both movements is that far-left terrorism would, be, would create much more incidents, but was not so effective in the amount of casualties produced than far-right terrorism. So that's, that's what we see. We see a clear evolution in the amount of politically motivated acts of terrorism also over the past, over the past years. Uh, when, I, when we say that it is related to, to narrative, is because we do not see at the moment large terrorist groups organized around the ideology of uh, far-right extremism. And therefore, it's only the narrative that is going to uh, incite people to use violence to attain those political goals that are set for themselves by the narrative. There also seems to be a rise in female-led suicide attacks among groups like Boko Haram in Nigeria, but also in Afghanistan. Can you speak more about this new phenomenon? Well, we, we clearly saw that in, in both conflicts, uh, the terrorist groups uh, surprised the security services by using another tactic to target. Uh, I would say that the efforts of security and intelligence services were not female perpetrators and therefore they have identified this as another window of opportunity to have a larger impact. Uh, so we saw this increase in numbers and as you have said, 80% of those attacks were perpetrated by Boko Haram. Um, the security services, both in uh, Afghanistan but especially in Nigeria, have already reacted and we have seen that the impact of this type of, uh, of female terrorist uh, perpetrating attacks has also decreased. So it's clearly another initiative taken by uh, a terrorist group that always tried, tries to have the, uh, the effect of surprise to security and intelligence services. What has surprised you the most about this year's Global Terrorism Index 2019? Well, well I would say the opposition between the decrease in the impact by 15%, overall more than 50% over the past four years, linked to the spread of the phenomenon of terrorism. And we have seen that 71%, 71 countries have been affected by terrorism with at least one death. So we see a decrease in the impact, but an increase in the spread of the phenomenon. So I think that's really interesting in this year's uh, index. And the second uh, thing is, of course, clearly Afghanistan being number one and the impact of, uh, of uh, terrorism in this country. And the third one is the, this emergence or the continued emergence of a phenomenon of far-right terrorism. Congratulations to the minefields.info mobile phone app for winning this year's GCSP Innovation Prize. Selected by an impressive panel of judges, minefields.info beat 180 other projects to win the 10,000 Swiss francs award. Earlier, we spoke to one of the creators, Ivan Martinik, also CEO and Chief Technology Officer for Bounty, a creative agency in Zagreb. The main purpose of application is to save a life. When someone goes to the area they are magnified, where they are mining, the application will uh, show him a message with sound, with visual, and so he will not go to the, uh, that danger area. Amazing, it's a very uh, interesting application and uh, as you said it saves many lives. Um, how long has this application been running and uh, are there any other features that uh, the user... Uh, there are many features and each day we make something new uh, features. 
some of the features is, is when you uh, when people accidentally come into minefields, they have uh, call for for help. So the component service will know exactly where GPS location where he is, and then uh, then they will have will have be will, able to help them. Uh, send the people to help them. Exactly. Yes. Okay, and then okay, that's the uh, next feature is um, the applications. They are like a little book, so some people in some area can see explosive device in pictures, and they are the, uh, the description of that pictures. So if he find them in the woods or the forest, uh, he will know not to touch them. Wow, and uh, on the app, and it's that's not. <laughs> not, that's that's not it. Okay, okay, there's more. Please elaborate. There's more. Uh, if someone's go to the wood and see some explosive device, he can take the picture, and the application will take the GPS coordinates of the picture, and it will send that picture with the coordinates to the company service, so the people will come to the place and uh, put some. Uh, uh, signs so they will know this is explosive device in that area any and anything else i don't think else yes. i tell you now we are develop, developing some new features uh, that's for urban areas uh, when uh, people or some when someone uh, take the photo or something device but he don't know is uh, mine so it is danger not danger the, our servers, uh, we have a lot of database. We'll check in database that image, is that the explosive device or not, and give back the information of that device. Also, it contact the, the mining uh, services, uh, so they can go uh, out and they will exactly know what the device. And uh, one of the things is uh, here, the application the server will auto detect if they find a lot of uh, a lot of subjects in some close area and that close area is not uh, verified uh, like mine fields on the replication they will auto uh, auto said that uh, uh, that area is danger okay uh, interesting it, you know, so it, it, it will alert all the other users uh, as well yes, yes. Yeah, because yes. this is in now in urban areas where um, where civil wars and uh, ATC uh, they find uh, they have the map of the minefields when the war is over. But okay. we want to make when the war is still uh, is going, mm -hmm. so we can uh, prevent civil population mm -hmm. to go into minefields. Very good. So the application will itself find the, will cal calculate and find various dangerous areas so the people will not go there. And that protects many lives in yes. the end. Uh, lives. And you are working right now in Colombia and in Croatia. Uh, Croatia is, is in full service for yes. about one year. And it's a really good thing in yeah. Croatia. There are Successful. Uh, successful, very, very, very successful. Uh, we now go in Colombia. In Colombia, this problem 
they don't have uh, digital, they don't have maps in digital shapes of minefields. Right. Because the over is uh, the work is uh, closely over, uh, closely finished. Uh, yeah, the finishes, war is just finished, uh, finished and so uh, they have to update the. They need to update, but yeah. uh, we have some data in digital shape, mm. uh, so we can we figure out something that we can, that will help people. Okay. And you hope to expand to more countries? There will be of some course, more? Uh, we are negotiating with five other countries. We think in this year we will put that countries in the application. Okay. And you have just won uh, 10,000 Swiss francs. That's quite a lot of money to help develop your project. What are you going to do with that money, do you think? Uh, I don't, it's a big money, but uh, for developing this application is not a real big money. Yeah, in the grand scheme of it, we yeah. We spent uh, more, uh, more money than that uh, for just okay. the developing the application. Will it help you to get uh, to the next level? Course, yes. We will put uh, that money for developing the application. Just what I, made, what I talked before, hmm. for the new features in the applications, we will make it that happen. Well, that's all for today's podcast for the GCSP. Thanks for listening and thank you to Serge Strubantz for joining us, along with Ivan Martinik. Join us again next week to hear all the latest insights on international peace and security. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Until then, bye for now.